Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Beck. And my name's Jono. And Zap was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. So this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure by finding weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We then talk about them, we laugh about them and we make segments somewhat loosely related to them. But before we jump in today, I would like to wish everybody a happy National Gazpacho Day. Um, Gazpacho (laughs) being the uh, soup traditionally served cold. Um, And do you know why I love National Gazpacho Day? Because it's fun to say? It is fun to say. That's very (laughs) true. But, and it's also spelt strangely. It's uh, G-A-Z... Or Z. Oh my gosh, is it Z? Z. 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 Um, P. Z. Oh, I always yeah. get that wrong. G A Z P A C H O. Gazpacho. Oh, okay. I think it's Spanish. Gazpacho. Um, but gazpacho being a cold soup is one of my leading arguments for why cereal is a soup. <laughs> oh my god. And I, I, I definitely have gone over this on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at this point stage i've i've gotten in so many um not arguments i would say discussions Discussions, about yeah (laughs) about whether cereal is or is not a soup um that i have a counter argument for almost every reason (laughs) why people think cereal should not be a soup yeah well we even put this to the zap listeners jono and you were you were outvoted although you did have some support there was some support there, but I reckon if if I, I this is actually an open invitation. If someone if someone can think of a good, well formatted argument for why cereal um is not a soup, send it to us on Instagram at Zap the Podcast, <laughs> and I will respond because oh I I think at this stage if cereal is not a soup. Um, speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm speaking. I think it's not a soup. <laughs> why? Why do you think it's not a soup? Perhaps we should do a full-on segment about this. Okay, that's structured I... like an actual debate. Oh, I don't think I. How does it? How is a debate structured? Is it like oh. you have a certain amount of seconds to to give your opening statement and then you can rebuttal the person's statement and then is that how it works? Yeah, you you nailed it. It's like we both make an opening statement and then usually right. there's multiple speakers. But so maybe if we get some listener submissions, I'll, we can I'll incorporate put on a fake those. Mustache. Yeah. <laughs> But so then, All the like, listener submissions are just me doing silly voices because <laughs> yeah. I can't find anyone to support me. <laughs> but nobody listening will know. <laughs> um, mm, but yeah, so a bit of audio <laughs> magic, and I am transformed into another person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we could, we totally could do that. I'd be down for that deal. Or okay, maybe this is a great idea for the live. <gasps> The You're live. Right. I, uh, when we do our next live show, I I take the stand and I <laughs> accept um, people coming to the mic to to discuss debate with me about whether or not cereal is a soup. Yeah. Um, okay. And at the very least, I will get um, some talking points to research further. <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah. So basically, we're doing an open mic debate at open the- mic debate. Live show but, and I am to the list. I do. I've got to say, I've got a pretty watertight case. I think. Okay. But that at at the same time, 
I I don't have the mind of someone who thinks cereal is not a soup, and so <laughs> maybe there's convinced. angles I've missed. <laughs> That's true. So there I'm could be there could this. be angles of attack I, I'm not aware of. Um, but anyways, with yes. uh, that cereal soup um, debacle out of the way, we have some updates on our ultimate showdown of drinks that make you go. We do, Jono. And just recently, well, maybe a, a week ago or so now, you would have voted in the semi-finals to decide which two drinks were going to be making it through to the grand final of the ultimate ah, drink. And I must say, when we released those four drinks for the semi-finals, there mm. was quite a bit of outrage that oh, yeah. some certain drinks hadn't made it to the grand final. And we know that these ultimate contests are you know we have to do what they say the people vote and those are the ones who make it through however it is a bit like a game show in the sense uh not a game show like one of my favorite tv shows of all time survivor where people who get out of the show sometimes in a season twist will be sent to a place called redemption island where they do have the opportunity to fight to make their way back into the game and so in a first Jono and I are going to try a redemption round for the ultimate ah, drink. So I'll explain a little bit more about that in a second. But essentially, for those who may have missed it on Instagram, the four drinks that made it to the semifinals were water, lemon, lime and bitters, (laughs) solo and Coca-Cola with ice. And shockingly... (laughs) In the first round, water beat lemon, lime, and bitters with 55% of the votes. I'm genuinely quite unhappy about that one. (laughs) I honestly thought water would be gone in round one or two. Me too. Like, I was like, it's just there for for fun. (laughs) It's just there to be polite to water because it is, to be fair, it is a drink that makes you go, "Ah," but I definitely would not say it's the ultimate drink. That makes no, it, it doesn't have, and this is what I've said from day one, it doesn't have the chemicals that make it refreshing. <laughs> the extra the extra, engineered chemicals that make you go, mmm, this is refreshing. Yeah. And that's the issue I have with water. <laughs> I feel for me as well, yes, it satisfies. Yes, it obviously is good for me and quenches my thirst, but I'm not sure it's ever really hit the spot. But like, it's not ultimate. Like, it, it yeah. is refreshing. I, I it will is, yeah. yes. concede it is refreshing. However, is it the best thing? Like, the, the most refreshing thing? Is it, like, does it have all the components you want in something that's refreshing? I would say no. Yeah. Categorically, no. <laughs> Objectively, no. Objectively. <laughs> and I think as well, like, you can be... You can have been drinking water all day... And like, not necessarily go, ah, but if you're well hydrated and drink another drink, like Pesito, for example, just to throw one out there, mm. that can still quench your thirst in a way. Absolutely. That can be ultimate and make you go, ah. So it's not necessarily the drink like, oh, what hydrates you the best? Because that is not this competition. That's a different competition. So that sorry, John that's, I- that's our next competition. <laughs> The drink that hydrates you the best. Scientifically. Um, and it's, it's one round and water is the only contestant. <laughs> Sorry, Jono and I are very passionate about this subject, but <laughs> sometimes we have to face the facts that we're not always right, I suppose. But Yeah, but this- <laughs> like, like every good game show, there are producers for the game show. Um, yeah. In this case, we are the producers and we're more... 
we're more than happy to rig it to heck. Yeah. But we're not. We're still putting it to the people's vote we are. in a redemption style uh, round. We're so, rigging with reason. Rigging with reason. Oh, I love that. That's great. So enough about what I'm actually getting heated just talking about that. But <laughs> the the second round of the semifinals was solo against Coca-Cola with Ice. And this was tight. With 52% mm. of the votes, Solo came ahead and has made it through to the next round. So, sadly, yeah. Coca-Cola with Ice, a valiant effort. I truly believe that is one of the the most ultimate Ooh, ugh, drinks. Okay. But, you know, I don't think it was the most. I think it's one of the most, but it's not the yeah, most uh, yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. I think it's up there. Well, personally, again, this is yet another of Jono's unpopular <laughs> food opinions, but I'm more of a Pepsi person, so I would oh, have been happier to see... <laughs> Pepsi up there, but um, Solo is a PepsiCo product, and so I think that'll take the place. Jono loves PepsiCo based on the fact that they're at KFC. (laughs) (laughs) That's where it stems from. Yeah, no, that is it. That is right. (laughs) Okay, so the announcement you've all been waiting for, what drinks are making it to the redemption round? So these were chosen based on drinks that had absolute outcry to the fact that they didn't make it through rounds. So some of them definitely more than others, but we are putting these four redemption drinks to a vote to all of you. So by the time you're listening to this, you've probably voted in the redemption round. But here was the sort of thinking behind it. People wanted these into the finals. Sure, they didn't make it, but they're having a chance for redemption. So you will have picked the ones that you think deserve the most to make it back into the finals. And from those four, we'll pick the top two and then they'll verse against Water and Solo to see which two will actually make it into the grand final. Exactly. So it's, it's a twist and we love it. And, you know, for those Survivor fans out there, this has happened before. Winners have been voted off and then they win a redemption round. They come back on and then obviously win the show. So this could change everything. It could. Um, it's, it's, it's a real... It's on our toes. Yeah, this is ground-shaking stuff. <laughs> Um, so we're we're very excited um, to have this original idea um, and to, and to uh, roll it out for our uh, competitions. Yes. So the four entering into the redemption round are orange juice, pasito, punch, and iced tea. And iced tea, I must say, was the most highly highly contested elimination. I had people messaging me on every channel. <laughs> With outrage. <laughs> I've I've received you know how in um Harry Potter that all the letters start coming through yeah. the chimney? Yeah. That's what I've gotten. I've I've received a deluge of letters coming through. I don't even have a chimney in this house. But they've they're, they're uh, there's a hole in the roof and there have been physical letters, uh, very strongly worded letters uh, coming through that hole in the roof. Oh well make sure you do not miss out because by the time that this is live, you're probably we're probably up to the grand final. So oh my goodness. we need to keep Jono's peace with these letters. And so we're yeah. going to have the redemption round. So make sure that you're following at Zap the Podcast on Instagram because that is how you can vote. And that is how you can win the very limited edition, one of a kind Zap the Podcast ultimate drink tote bag. So check it out. Follow us, follow us on Instagram and I'll hand over to Jono for the news. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> twelve minutes in, uh, we're up to the no. news. 
as I was really trying to speed it up, I was like, of of late, I feel like we're getting more uh, ranty in our intros, and I'm all about it. Um, (laughs) We're bookend of tangents. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Um, Let us jump into our story for today, Uh, and we find ourselves in the U.S. state of Massachusetts. Uh, mm. At the headquarters of Merriam We- Merriam Webster Merriam Webster the company dictionary that, the dictionary company oh, they they yes. describe themselves as the foremost publisher of language related reference works um, they have made dictionaries as you've mentioned thesauruses as well Ooh. can't forget them um, and all <laughs> sorts of word. Uh, related content um, online. They've got a million different things. I'm sure they have done print other than books in the past as well. Um, And it's the word-related content that landed Merriam-Webster a peculiar offering of recent. Hmm. Now, commuters, passers-by, and employees of Merriam-Webster were left surprised, bemused, and (laughs) awe-stricken, all words I've taken from (laughs) Merriam-Webster, Uh, From the thesaurus. Um, One Monday morning when they found a large tub of mayo adorning the grass outside their office. And when I say a large tub, I mean a very large tub. Um, And it's not this, I don't believe, as far as my research shows, there wasn't actual mayo in it. It's more just like a... A, oh, a statue, or it's like a like a construction. Um, okay. It, it looks like a giant tub of mayo on like a plinth, um, and <laughs> it is like huge. If I were to utilize further resources from Merriam-Webster, I could describe the tub of mayo as gargantuan, <laughs> as monumental, or even as this word that I. I looked at it, I saw it on Merriam-Webster, and I still didn't quite believe it was a real word. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this word is. Oh, I've forgotten how to say it. It's Brobdingnagian. I find it so hard. It's got a B and a D back to back. When does that ever happen? Ooh. It's Brob, Brobdingnagian, I believe, is something okay. similar to what it is. But it just means oddly large, like right. unusually <laughs> large. Um, and it's hard to judge from the images alone online. But I'd probably put this jar at like three meters tall. Like it is, including Damn, the plinth it's huge. on. It is a big <laughs> jar of mayo. That's not in any fridge anytime. No, soon. <laughs> it is. It is one big tuna tall, right? It is huge. <laughs> um, but it wasn't the mayo tub itself that got the attention of news stations. It was the message printed upon the tub that really made a stir. And in what I can only assume is a big marketing stunt, the craft company who was responsible for this, um, known for its condiments, mac and cheese, and cheese singles, has. Made made an attempt to utilise one of the internet's and maybe the world's least favourite words. And that word is moist. Uh, Some people (laughs) hate saying it. Some people hate hearing it. Some people hate seeing it printed or online anywhere. Um, Moist has just sort of become known across the globe as just an all-round yucky word. Mm. Uh, And for some reason, Kraft are all about it. They have uh, (laughs) begun marketing their, their mayonnaise as... Oh, gosh. They, on the front of their mayonnaise jars, it says, real moist, creamy and smooth mayo. And that is, that's not, that's not nice. Um, And they're trying, one of the, on the plinth that the mayo's standing on, it says uh, something, oh, I should have written this down. It says, make moist word of the year. That's why they put it outside (laughs) of Merriam-Webster. Because they want to make moist the word of the year. They want people to be searching moist um, up there. I think they sponsored um, like streamers online to 
go on these like big things where they try and get their viewers to just Google search moist a bunch no of times um, to try and get it uh, to like artificially inflate the use of moist uh, across the web. And what? I've got to say, I'm not really about it. Yeah, um, I'm not buying it. It's 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 not nice. It's not a pleasant yeah. word to hear. Like, I'm not... There's some people who really, really hate it. I don't think I'm on that level. But it's just... I don't think it's pleasant, you know? I'm not mm. excited. I'm not ecstatic. <laughs> this kind of marketing is exhausting. And this is ex- exactly why I find marketing to be some sort of fresh shell. Um, wow. Don't, don't think That's I'm letting this egregious. slide. Oh. <laughs> this isn't a yoke. I'm not sort of... I'm, you're still I'm not, going. I'm still going. I'm not sort of... <laughs> I can't even say it. I'm not some sort of comedian. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Excuse <It> is... me. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, Jono, you may have heard this news story break overnight. I know we are doing double-barreled news. Whoa. I hope everyone's ready. <laughs> I, I am not. But, <laughs> but Jono... Do you remember just the other week we spoke about the story and our theme was in a glaze of glory? Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. For those who might have missed that episode, we basically talked about a news story whereby a truck, a Krispy Kreme truck, had been invaded by bears and the bears had stolen the Krispy Kremes. And it seems like news travels fast, actually, to the other side of the world. From How did... Just a quick interjection, although we've had a lot of them today. Um, How did we not think of the pun uh, like a burglar? (laughs) Like a a burglar, but bear. I don't know if that's... Maybe maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe, Maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe we just... Burglar, I don't know how... pass that one. I I thought of it. I'm like, that's great. And then I've said it. Said out loud, I don't know about that. (laughs) You were just in a punny mood after that last segment. Yeah, I am. I am. (laughs) <laughs> Which we should have ended. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. No. Oh yeah. As soon as I couldn't say that one line, that should have been it. Just like a hard cut. You can blame editor Jono for that. <laughs> well, the history has repeated itself, or life has imitated art. And just last night Ooh. in Carlingford, which is a suburb in Australia, in New South Wales. A, oh, it's that close to home. Literally that close to home. Like I used to live in the suburb next to Carlingford. So I used to go there all the time. I still occasionally drive through there. It is very close to home. Carlingford heaps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Carlingford, yeah. I know Carlingford. Yeah. (laughs) So last night, a delivery van that was packed with 10,000 fresh Krispy Kreme donuts, ready, primed to be be delivered to a 7-Eleven store, stopped on the Pennant Hills Road. Which which seven eleven store has got room for ten thousand donuts? Okay, well yeah, it was on a it was on a long trip. So Oh okay, okay, okay. The the truck driver was stopping along at multiple uh seven eleven stores yeah. en route from I'm not actually sure where they started, but they were stopping off in Carlingford and they were on their way to Newcastle. So Oh wow, okay. A very long route. Yes. So they stopped off in Carlingford and when they must have been putting something into the store or maybe they were paying for something that they were buying, a woman saw an opportunity and and went for it. So apparently the driver had left the keys into the truck oh, and this woman no. had noticed <laughs> that the truck was unarmed, 
unoccupied Unarmed. and jumped inside and just drove it away with <laughs> what is That's estimated wild. to be around $40,000 worth of Krispy Kreme donuts. You know, with the 40, quick mats. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I know. It's, it's a shame that, because I'm thinking about this, like to be, as far as I know, this woman hasn't been caught yet. Um, it doesn't seem like I'm honestly not sure <laughs> how she hasn't been caught because it's a giant truck <laughs> filled with yeah, donuts. Prob- it's probably got pictures of donuts or like probably. all on the side. Like that's yeah, wild. But she's still on the run and still on the run. <laughs> or still on the drive. And <laughs> so yeah, $40,000 worth of donuts because it was estimated that, you know, each donut probably cost about $4 each. So with 10,000 of them, we have $40,000 worth of donuts. And apparently um, Krispy Kreme were, you know, provided a formal apology uh, to the people of Sydney's East Coast saying that we <laughs> apologize for any inconvenience and are thankful to the New South Wales Police Swift response. However... I mean, my main sort of thought here is like, what was what was our thief doing, like thinking here? Because obviously, yeah. ten thousand donuts would be great to have, but you, I probably could realistically push myself to get through a, bo- a box of twelve. I could probably finish that in one sitting if I tried. But I'm yeah. kind of wondering, like, maybe she was doing it. Maybe it was a Robin Hood scenario here because I doubt (laughs) they're kind of hard to resell. I can imagine like people would have really, it's not stolen goods that you can like sell on the black market. It's Krispy Kreme donuts that you can buy from 7-Eleven. But it's it's also not like this was a premeditated thing and they've got a place to sell them. Like the keys were just left in the truck and they took off with it. And so this has got to be like a spur of the moment. I'm just going to jump in this donut van and drive off, (laughs) not knowing how much... I have in donuts in the van. And so trying to resell as a single person, trying to resell (laughs) 10,000 donuts is a monumental feat, especially if you're going to not get caught. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm also thinking like a truck pulling out of a petrol station is not a swift move. Like I've seen it happen before and they have to like sometimes beep, 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 reverse a bit to get out. And Pennant Hills Road is a busy road. So I'm just like the logistics aren't working in my head of how how she hasn't been caught. So I'm thinking maybe she must have been giving these these donuts to people who potentially needed it more. Or maybe she has just gone for a joyride, dumped the truck, took a 12 pack in, gone on her merry way. But look, Jonah, my my other thought in this in this whole scenario is this is not the first time that a story we've spoken about has then happened again yeah, a true. few weeks later or a few months later. So I just wanted to put an announcement out there. When Jonah and I share these weird news stories, and, and I don't know if this woman was a Zap the Podcast listener, but Trish when we share these news every stories... Chance they could have been. They could have been. We've got a lot of listeners, so... That's crazy. I just wanted to say, when we share these news stories about weird crimes, they're not ideas. We we talk no, about them, we laugh about them. <laughs> Please do not try any of these at home. How? Or, or okay. <laughs> Surely, though, this would have been, as far as the police are concerned, number one priority. 
Like, if we're talking stereotypes, where are the police all along <laughs> the East Coast going to get their donuts? And so they're, they're like, without meals, essentially, oh my for gosh. the next who knows how long. And so they, I would, if I was in charge of the police, I'd be putting a ridiculous amount of resources behind finding this truck. <laughs> no, Jono, you know why you've just given me an idea? This is why she hasn't been caught yet. It was an inside job. She oh was a cop. my gosh. Krispy Kreme date. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it is time for a little bit of history and a little bit of lists Ooh. and a lot of research. So, Jono, when I was researching for this podcast tonight, the theme for the day is excuse me (laughs) and and I was sort of thinking about eggs uh, you know just pondering on on our egg friends and it came to me that there are actually quite a few famous eggs out there or or eggs in the news so you may say or eggs news me uh Oh, gosh. That was me trying to fit it into the theme. Oh, no. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Such a mash. But I like, it's almost graceful the way you've absolutely mashed those words into into one. Into one. (laughs) (laughs) So I have for us Jono today. Four famous eggs. And when I, for background stories, when I was telling Jono that I was doing a famous eggs segment, Jono said that he could think of two famous eggs. And before I dive in, Jono, I just want to ask you what those two famous eggs are, because if I haven't thought of them, then this will be quite funny. But if I have, I've done extensive research, so I can give everyone some background on these eggs. So I have two. One, I think, is almost certainly... Um, a, a an egg that I feel like a lot of people would know, like from from play school. You've got Humpty Dumpty. It's like uh, a nursery yes. rhyme, um, famous egg. And so I feel like Humpty Dumpty is one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one I thought of was um a bit more obscure. Initially, I only thought of Humpty Dumpty, but then I remembered I. I could not tell you who it was, but I was talking to one of my friends and they had found that in Japan there is a famous egg called <gasps> Gudetama. And okay, he's this just is like not this on my little list. It's just this little egg fella. Uh, I assume he's a mascot for something or maybe he's just a cartoon, but he's just a little egg and he doesn't want to do things. Like he's a lazy egg. That's that's kind of my understanding of Gudetama. Um and it's just sort of like, oh yeah, I I understand that. Amazing. I... Okay, well, that is a fifth egg, a fifth famous egg to add to the list. So yeah. everyone is going to be leaving today's episode with a wow. <laughs> with a large knowledge of famous eggs. So wow. bring that out at the Christmas Christmas lunch table. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jonah, for that one. Humpty Dumpty is mentioned later on, which. Which absolutely confused me, but we'll get to that later. But the egg that I wanted to start with today is an Australian hero. And that is the egg that was in the hands of Egg Boy. (gasps) Egg Boy! (laughs) I'd forgotten Egg Boy existed! (laughs) I know, it was such a trip down memory lane. What is Egg Boy doing now? (laughs) Well... Lucky you asked, because... Oh, you've done the research! (laughs) I've done the research! Heck yeah. So... 
Egg Boy, for those who don't know, came into the spotlight in 2019 when he hit conservative politician Fraser Anning in the head with an egg. Now, Fraser Anning has been very public with a racist views and ideology and Egg Boy's egging on Fraser's head (laughs) helped him become an overnight hero. It was controversial to some, but... Mostly oh, overwhelming <laughs> hero. He got an egg to the head. It's not yeah. like he's 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 been shot. Okay, no, well, I think I think <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, I think it's pretty tame. Very. So yes, Egg Boy rose to fame and an Australian icon. And Fraser grew this you know fan base, this this fame, and and he said the egging definitely empowered me in a way that it gave me confidence. <laughs> It gave me the opportunity to interact with a bunch of awesome people and amazing communities that I wouldn't have been able to if I hadn't cracked the egg. And oh. it's quite a beautiful story. And uh, Egg Boy's, what was his name? It was, oh, I think it's Will Colony. Oh, Con- I think that Connolly. sounds right. Yeah, 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 Will, yeah. Will, yeah Will Connolly is, is Egg Boy's proper name. And he... A GoFundMe was started because there was talks that potentially there was going to be legal fees. And this GoFundMe page managed to raise over (laughs) $100,000, which Egg Boy, being the absolute hero that he is, donated to the family of the Christchurch victims. So absolute hero, super generous. And where is he now? Where is Egg Boy now? So Egg Boy, I did find his Instagram. He is doing a lot of fun stuff. I saw that he is skydiving. He meditates quite often. But also in 2021, he also helped with a project. He helped fundraise $190,000 for bushfire victims in 2021. So Egg Boy is just... I this egg fella. I know. Just continuing to be an absolute hero. So well deserving of being a famous egg and yeah thank you egg boy for yeah. for all that you do I, I feel like youths are uh, especially with eggs in their hands are considered to be troublesome um they they often just throw eggs at um property but this this young man with an egg did did the world some good oh yeah for sure thank you egg boy we salute you egg boy thank you the next famous egg fabergé eggs now, oh. I've heard a lot about these, but I actually didn't know that much. I just knew that they were fancy eggs, right? Like yeah, bejeweled eggs. eggs. Yeah. yeah. So Fabergé, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, eggs are a series of decorative eggs containing objects that were made by Peter Carl oh. Fabergé Studios from 1885. Well, they, contain they contain things. Yeah, that I didn't know. So I just thought it was just like a, a, a diamond encrusted. I know. Like, Boiled egg. Yeah. <laughs> I believe they're, they're quite a bit taller than, than your typical boiled egg. Um, okay. But they Emu, did. Ostrich egg? Oh, potentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were made between 1885 to 1917. And wow. the best known or oh, the most lavish and intricate Fabergé eggs were the 50 imperial eggs created for the Romanov family and given as Ooh. Easter gifts. And there were also oh. apparently 12 made for other wealthy clients, but apparently all up, it's known that there's 69 created. Um, of the 50 imperial Fabergé eggs, there are only 47 that have known whereabouts. And I think there's five other eggs that are missing. So... Everyone check wow. your eggs. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> you're sitting on a Fabergé egg. So. Imagine just, you open your carton one day and you're like, oh my goodness, they actually put a Fabergé egg in here. Oh, I'm rich. What a bargain. <laughs> <laughs> Co- 
because he lives. My, you didn't realize the eggs he scanned were like twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> so back in the day, speaking of how much these egg costs, back in the day, the first eggs cost something like two to four thousand dollars, apparently, which now might which, not yeah, seem like, like a lot. Over a hundred the time, years ago, yeah, was that's... was a lot. <laughs> do we know what that is like adjusted? Um, what what year? Give me a year. I'll I'll do some. Okay, some do background do four thousand in let's say like eighteen ninety five or okay, nineteen twenty or something. Let's go. Okay, inflation one hundred and forty six thousand okay. dollars, and that was on the cheaper today. side as well. Probably the most expensive one was the winter egg, which was around twelve and a half thousand back in the day as well. So let's see what that was, twelve and a half thousand. Five hundred well, not quite, but four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, yes. So that's how much they were back in the day to buy. But now, obviously, hundreds of years later, they are way more valuable. Way oh, yeah. like very, very rare. And the more I was looking into them, I actually really, really want one. They look so cool. So essentially, yes, <laughs> they are not just a diamond, cr- well, they are a diamond crusted egg, but you can open them. And some of them had like mini sculptures of buildings. One had like a little horse drawn cart sculpture. Wow. And they're essentially really, really fancy non-edible kinder surprise. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> That's exactly what they are. They're kinder surprise for like the uber rich. <laughs> and you can make your own Fabergé eggs at home by following these simple steps. Grab a boiled egg, and, uh, uh, no, a kinder surprise and some glitter glue and you're going to have yourself a wonderful afternoon. <laughs> but but how much are they sold for now? So the third imperial egg, it's called, is apparently the most expensive Fabergé egg that currently exists. Alexander III received the egg in 1887 and gave it to his right. wife Maria as an Easter gift. So this egg was made wow. with an 18 carat gold case decorated with jewels. <laughs> And diamonds, and the surprise inside the egg was a 14 karat gold watch. And wow. this egg retails today, or was recently sold for today, for $33 million. Oh, that's an expensive egg. <laughs> yes. Oh my, happy Easter. <laughs> oh. A little bit more than your average, average Cadbury. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of Easter eggs, actually, Humpty Dumpty is the next famous egg that we are talking about. And uh, I thought this would be way easier to find out where Humpty Dumpty came from. But the more I researched into it, no two websites had the same answer. So I thought I'd heard something like, I don't know what it was, but I thought I had heard something that Humpty Dumpty had a really dark actual meaning. Oh, like one of those, um, uh, is it Brothers Grimm? Or yeah. No, or something like that, or who did a whole bunch of those fairy tales. And yeah. you look at the original thing, it's like, oh, Hansel and Gretel did get just like murdered by yeah. the witch. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh gosh, that's not as Lovely. fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, that's what I thought, but not really. There's just a lot of reasons as to what the egg maybe represented or right, what the egg okay. could have been. So <laughs> I thought I just... Philosophical notions behind Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> Literally, there was one saying like the egg represents... The... But I haven't given those... I've, I've tried to say, give you a list of reasons or things of what the egg could have represented that's not too long to bore you, but long enough to see that there were many, many options of where Humpty Dumpty orig- originated from. So yeah. the first one apparently was King Charles... Oh, no, sorry, King Richard III. Uh, Another reason is the egg represents a drink of brandy boiled with ale. Uh, Another reason, King Charles I. 
Another one, a Colchester cannon called Humpty Dumpty. Um, another oh, one, okay. an armoured siege engine that was deployed unsuccessfully in the 1643 siege of Gloucester. Wait, how do you say that? Glo- Glo- Gloucester? I think? Gloucester, that's it. During the English Civil War. Or a metaphor for the downfall of Cardinal Wolsey, an English statesperson and Catholic bishop. So after all that research, I still never really found out the true meaning. (laughs) Potentially. Is that that what it was? (laughs) Yeah. So I I never really found out the meaning of Humpty Dumpty. It is mentioned in Alice in Wonderland, but that was written after like all those things that I just listed. I like the canon one because he sits on a wall and if it's like a cast like iron or something canon or yeah. cast whatever it may have been if it fell off a wall it probably wouldn't have done too well yes so and that's actually the one that did come up quite the most so i think that could be it but if anyone has their own fan theories on <laughs> where humpty dumpty originated <laughs> from feel free to send them through <laughs> and we'll, we'll assemble an episode called the humpty files <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yes, we will. So the fourth and final egg that I will be sharing about today, the famous egg, is the world record egg. So for those who are not familiar, in 2019... (laughs) 2019 was a big year for eggs. So in 2019, an egg, a picture of an egg, just a standard stock image of an egg, beat the existing record for the most like Instagram photo, which was held by Kylie Jenner, who had 18.4 million likes. The photo of the egg well and truly beat the existing record holder and gathered 60.2 million likes on Instagram. Absolutely surpassing the previous record. I distinctly remember, like following and liking I know I know I remember it was such a moment I was like I am making history here as I like this egg yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so where is the egg now I I can hear everybody asking so after (laughs) after world record egg beat the record for the most liked Instagram photo they then gradually began posting pictures of the egg like cracking slightly more and more Mm. each day and everyone was like what's going on with the egg and then there was this great campaign about the egg which was a mental health campaign in 2020 and part of the video said recently i've started to crack the pressure of social media is getting to me if you're struggling to talk to someone which was really great and on the 16th of july actually in 2019 so in between that campaign and the world record breaking chris godfrey who was the creator of the egg account was listed as one of the top 25 most influential people on the internet (laughs) (laughs) um but to circle back to where is the egg now in december 2022 the time came for the world record eggs record to be broken and lionel messi posted an Instagram photo of him holding the FIFA World Cup and that gathered 75.6 million likes. And after that, the world record egg did remove or at least put into drafts the photo that had the most world records. So it's like it came, it did what it needed to, and then it, it, it it left. But it is still holding the record for the second most Instagram liked photo. Oh, wow. Still. Still, yes, but and then That's third impressive. is another photo of Lionel Messi, so it's like oh, gosh, a messy get sandwich. Get out of here, Lionel! <laughs> we, we've had enough. More gosh. famous eggs. So yes. Yeah, that's a that's a brief recap of famous eggs, how they became to fame, and where they are now. <laughs> so last week on the podcast, I tried my hand at being an AI storyteller. 
Uh, like some of the ones we've used in the past, uh, like AI Dungeon and those sorts of things, <laughs> uh, I gave Beck a prompt, and from there, Beck had to describe the actions she would take given the circumstances, and we'd back and forth in this way to improvise a story. But we didn't finish the story. So today, we continue our take, um, but not before... Uh, our tale, sorry. We continue our tale, <laughs> but not before a quick refresher. Uh, it was a typo in yes. my script. Um, preparation, Jono. That's that's on you, mate. You're not gonna you're not gonna hear this again because you're in the past and editing Jono's in the future. But Ooh. just know, yeah, this is the, just the know three states time. of Jono. The three states. <laughs> the of The ghost Jono. of Christmas, past, present, and future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You've got prep, Jono. Podcast, Jono. Editor, Jono. Ed- <laughs> Um, so a quick refresher. Beck, you are Colonel Harlan Sanders. You are a mm-hmm. secret agent for the People's Republic of Zapistan, and your mission is to put a stop to Mr. Pringle's devious plot to make Pringle cans even smaller than they already are. <clears throat> you found yourself trekking through the woods up to the Pringles HQ. You used distraction to get past the heavily guarded walls of the compound. You jumped and dashed between the buildings inside the compound using your immense parkour skills to clamber onto the gutter of the main uh, two-story building in the compound. You smashed through the window of this Ooh. building to find an executive oh, right. meeting in what looked like a boardroom. And as you stood up, Glass littering the floor around you. You explained to the room that you were there to do business with your 11... Oh, I don't think you explained that you were going to use the 11 secret herbs and spices, but that was like an intention from the start. I like hinted it maybe. I was like, I need to talk to the colonel. No, I need to talk to Mr. Pringle. I am the colonel. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I am the colonel. I have come for Mr. Pringle (laughs) for business. Um, And you... Yeah, you told them you're a bit lost and you're wondering if anyone could direct you to Mr. Pringle or Mr. Pringle's assistant uh, so you could either talk business or set up a meeting to talk business. And Mm -hmm. that is where we rejoin our adventure now. The room is dead silent. The 12 executives sitting around the table just stare at you. They are bewildered. They're not really sure what's going on but they are stunned in silence. And the man whose voice you heard through the door just as you smashed through says, excuse me? Excuse me? (laughs) Oh, gosh. What do you think you're doing here? They've opened the door at this point. Okay, okay. And they're they're saying, what do you think you're doing here? Um, And uh, one of the executives stands up, whispers in his ear, just the the little spiel you just gave. And um, (laughs) he says, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. We'll (laughs) we'll take you to uh, Mr. Pringle's assistant. Uh, Follow follow me. And so they uh, lead you to down a hall. Um, and at the end of this hall, it sort of opens up into a little foyer space uh, on the second floor. There's a grand desk um, plonked in the middle of this foyer space, and behind it, a very grand door. Um, and okay. uh, the handles on this door are extremely small. <laughs> really small, the handles on these doors. Uh-huh. Um but that's just something you notice. Um, and sitting behind the grand desk is Mr. Pringle's assistant, uh, Jill. Okay. And Jill says, 
what can I do for you? <laughs> okay. So I then say to Jill, Jill, listen, I really need to talk to Mr. Pringle. Not sure if you know, I did rip off my detective mask back there, but I am the one, the only detective slash chef extraordinaire, Harlan Sanders. And look, it's just purely business, fried chicken connoisseur to chip connoisseur. And I just need to (laughs) share some trade secrets. So Jill, listen, I was really hoping that I could be let in. Um, That's what I say to Jill. I then look down on Jill's desk and I see that Jill is hiding a big envelope that says Mm. top secret. Uh, I contemplate whether to distract Jill and take the envelope. Uh, But instead I... I just contemplate that and then I take a step forward and I say, Jill, may I please see the Pringle? And I await Jill's response. Jill does not say a word. (laughs) Jill stands up. Jill turns around and makes her way towards the very, very large door. (gasps) She knocks on the door, a tap, a tap, tap. (laughs) That's the secret knock. Yeah. Um, and um, from inside the door, you hear, Who goes there? Hmm? Who dares seek the, the knowledge of Mr. Pringle? Uh, to which Jill says, uh, G'day, Mr. Pringle. Um, it's just Jill. Uh, someone's here to see you. Uh, and the big booming voice behind the door says oh okay that i suppose that's fine uh i'll come i'll come let you in and you hear a few big heavy footsteps come towards Mm. the door and the the wood of the door creaks as it is slowly pulled open and you see the hands on the handle on the inside of the door teeny tiny (laughs) teeny tiny hands um and suddenly it all starts to make sense a little bit uh what's going on but mr pringle he stands there with the door open and he he leaves his arm out motioning for you to enter the office of mr pringle and uh at which point uh it's up to you what would you like to do (laughs) Okay, so I walk towards the door. As I move past the desk, I do slip up the top secret envelope that was there. No one saw me. I'm that good. Wow. It's it's in my, it's tucked up into the back of my holster that's that's on me. Yep. Yep, so no one can see it. I walk into the room, noticing the unusually small door handles that are on the door. And the unusually small hands that are on Mr. Pringle. Yeah. I put out my average sized hand to shake the Mr. Pringle's hand and say, I'm here on a mission. I hope I, I, I only bring peace. 
Actually, that's not true. <laughs> I bring a bit of havoc. I think actually, <laughs> you're gonna not, say that. To no, Mr. this Pringle. is this is my internal monologue. Oh, this oh, is my okay, internal monologue. Okay, okay. Uh, I I say out loud. I I come to bring peace, sirs, of oh. secrets. Which oh. I rip out of my other pocket, my top secret envelope that everyone believes to contains the eleven he- secret herbs and spices. Mr. Pringle quickly shakes my hand and then says to me, is that what I think it is? And I say, yes, it is what you think it is. I then walk further into the office and say, Mr. Pringle, we need to have a chat. That is where I leave it for you. That's where you leave it. Okay, so Mr. Pringle, uh, he closes the door as you enter the office and with a very um, loud thud, you hear the door lock <gasps> behind you as you walk inside. <clears throat> it is peace you speak of. Pieces <laughs> of secrets. <laughs> if you have come with secrets, what do you want from me? Is this my turn? <laughs> it is your turn. Yes, yeah, I should have read that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was just a dramatic pause. Look, Mr. Pringle, I have pieces of secrets and I think you know what's in this this envelope. But I do have word from outside that there are rumours that the Pringle can is shrinking even further. And Mr. Pringle, I must say, there is outrage out there. And I know there's not a lot we can do to change your mind, but... I just thought what's inside this envelope might help. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get in trouble for this. I'm not sure if I'm going to get thrown in into the Pringle can. But I just had to say it. I just had to plead my case. And I just had to offer you something in return to reverse the the shrinkage of the Pringle cans. And if anything, make them a little bit larger. Because what's what's a Pringle can if you can't get the Pringles out of the can? And I deliver that speech. I fall to my knees and I just hold the envelope out in front of me and I say, Mr. Pringle, please. Please. (laughs) And and I see what I think is a tear appearing in Mr. Pringle's eyes. (laughs) I'm not sure because I'm kind of looking down and it's just my eyes going up at a a tight angle. But I, I think I might see a tear. Okay, Mr. Mr. Pringle, he says, you hear that we are making the Pringles can smaller. To that I say, -uh." (laughs) nuh-uh. And I'm not crying. I'm allergic to secrets. Could you please (laughs) keep that a bit closer to you? (laughs) Mr. Pringle walks behind his desk and he... Uh, you see him, what looks like he's trying to open the drawer on his desk. Um, and uh, after about five seconds of struggling to open this drawer, or what you think is him trying to open the drawer, the floor opens up <laughs> about two metres to your right. You're fine. Um, he's he's really messed up this one. Mr. Pringles. It's hard to navigate things with yeah, his tiny, tiny hands. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Pringles... He says, you have thwarted me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I then my plan, oh. my plan is in ruins. <laughs> See, I only meant to make the Pringles can smaller to get back at those who made fun of my tiny, tiny oh. hands. Now that I have all the power, it is them who shall suffer. Oh, that's that's actually sad. Um, but I then take this opportunity that I haven't just fallen to the depths of Pringle headquarters. I stand up. I look to my left. I see that there is a massive lever with a <laughs> sign above it saying size of Pringle caninator. I notice that the lever, actually, it's not a lever. It looks more like a dial now that I oh, look at yeah. it closely. It is flicked all the way to... <laughs> Almost tiny. It's one step away from minuscule. Oh, no. I I say, I say, Mr. Pringle, please. I'm so sorry for all the hurt that you've experienced. But by by shrinking the size of the Pringle can, we are only further alienating those with huge hands. It is, we need to be thinking of everyone here. A Pringle can that can fit all hands. I, I run up to the dial. I say, Mr. Pringle, do I dare? <laughs> Mr. I, I, re- I don't know why I'm asking him permission. I was literally <laughs> sent here on an assignment to do this job. But I've now, you know, formed a special bond with Mr. Pringle. I look over at Mr. Pringle one more time, just looking for a sign to, to flick this, this switch. Ooh. Not realizing if it's... <laughs> Actually, it seems a bit too convenient for it to be a Pringle Cannonator size uh, knob. It could be another trapdoor. I'm not sure. Where does this story go from here? Mr. Pringle says, no, don't do it. At least before you go, tell me with one word, at least one of the secret ingredients. (laughs) I... uh, I look Mr. Pringle in the eye. I say, Gull, can I call you that now? <laughs> that we're friends. <laughs> I say. He's, he's suggesting that his, 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 his first name is like Gill or something. Mr. Pring Gill. No, I was like trying to shorten. I was oh, trying Gull. to think okay, what a nickname okay, okay. for Pringle would be. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, Gull, here, take the lot. I throw the throw the envelope to Mr. Pringle, but feel bad knowing inside it's just a blank piece of paper. So with one foul swoop, I turn the dial to huge. I feel the ground beneath me open up. And as I'm falling, I yell, salt, <laughs> go into the depths of the unknown, not knowing whether I've just saved humanity or fallen into a large Pringle can. I think that's a good place to end it. Um, uh, I feel like at this point, the credits start rolling and they have like the, um, oh, what is it? The epilogue? No, epilogue? No, prologue. No, epilogue? Epilogue. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and at that point, you see... Um, you. It did actually make the Pringles cans larger. Um, that's like one of the, the things. Um, 
on another uh, credits roll for a bit longer. Then it shows you um, landing in water and finding you're in the sewer that was underneath <laughs> that grate that you saw at the very beginning of this adventure. And as a final thing, it replays as you're falling and you yell salt and Mr. Pringle hears this and it's such a secret that he his allergies flare up, he sneezes so hard that his moustache falls off. Oh, no! And he disappears into thin <gasps> air. Oh, no. And, and that is the end of the story. Wow. Okay, it's cliffhangers as well at the end of the story. I think we're setting Will it up for Mr. Pringle return. second movie. <laughs> Moustacheless. Oh, wow. Will the Colonel make it out of the sewer or will the Colonel end up in an episode of the Sewer Detectives oh, unnamed my show? <laughs> oh, well, now we kind of have to. I think. Well, in fairness, it was probably going to happen sooner. Yeah, it later. was. <laughs> <laughs> it just wrote itself. <laughs> it did. Uh, but that is where we are going to leave it today. Um, it's been an absolute ripper of an episode, uh, full of tangents, and um, we've, we've jumped in here and there with all sorts of little tidbits. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you want to check out what we're doing, um, you can check us out on our Instagram, at ZapThePodcast. That's where all the voting uh, is happening, which you need to get onto because the grand final is almost mm. here. And what follows the grand final is the, the big reveal about who guessed correctly in our in our competition that goes alongside this and gets the tote bag um, and who is drawn as um, the other tote bag winners. So keep your eyes peeled on our Instagram for that. Um, Also plenty of other stuff. Um, If you want to send us anything, you can just DM us on Instagram. That's a great place to do it. Uh, And if you want to support the show, you can head to zapthepodcast.theprintbar.com and get some merch. Uh, We have a whole bunch of stuff available there. Um, uh, a lot of t-shirts and sort of summary things, um, which is good. There are jumpers, but, you know, I mean, maybe if you want to start restocking for winter, I mean, hold your horses, I would say. <laughs> um, but at the same time, no, please do support us. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> um, but we've got heaps of stuff available there. Check it out. Um, if you want to go to the beach and you need, like, a maybe ocean-themed shirt, we do have the Tuna Dimensions t-shirt, True. which I feel like is the only t-shirt I plug, um, but that's because I love it so much. Um, but that is us. <laughs> for today. Thank you very much uh, for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of Zap! Bye! Bye!